Galatians chapter number six. Galatians chapter six. I want to read one verse of scripture and uh, preach on Calvary again tonight. I don't know how long I'm going to preach on Calvary, but no better subject than that. And so it just seems like that's where the Lord has my heart. And so I want to uh, obey the Lord tonight. So Galatians chapter six. These are from. This is a familiar verse. This morning's verse was a familiar verse, uh, but it's what the Lord would have us to preach tonight. Galatians chapter six and verse number fourteen. Paul said, but God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. Father, I pray that you'll bless the word of God tonight. Thank you for the good day you've blessed us with. Thank you for the singing. Lord, thank you for how we have been reminded of Calvary. Thank you for the choir singing. Lord, I pray that you will bless tonight. Thank you for the offering. I pray you'll bless the gift and the giver. And Lord, we do ask that you'll move now in this service, these next few moments, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I want to preach tonight out of verse number 14 on this subject, on Calvary, the place of praise. Calvary, the place of praise. That's what the Apostle Paul is doing in this verse of Scripture tonight. Paul is giving, uh, he is giving glory and honor uh, to the Lord Jesus Christ for the cross of Calvary. Paul, in fact, does three things in this verse concerning Calvary. Uh, first of all, he's remembering Calvary as he says, but God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul is remembering the cross. And I would just stop and say tonight, it will do us well every day to remind ourselves of Calvary, to remind ourselves of the cross and the price and the penalty that was paid for our sin debt. And so Paul is remembering Calvary and then Paul is revealing Calvary. He writes this epistle here and when he comes down to the closing remarks of chapter number six, it's interesting that one of the subjects, one of the topics that Paul uh, pins down in these final verses here is the cross. It is Calvary. Uh, Paul was always revealing Calvary. It was always on Paul's lips. Why? Because Paul lived uh, with his eye on Calvary at all times. Uh, he always was remembering that because he was always revealing that to others. Amen? I tell you, when we go out in this world tomorrow and as you start another work day and another work week and as you go about your business and I know that you have your weekly schedule as we all do, but don't forget the cross. Amen? Don't forget to shine the light and reveal Calvary to those that you're around. Paul couldn't help but talk about it. It was always on his mind and because it was always on his mind, it was always on his lips. Amen? You know, you can tell a lot about what people are thinking about just by what they're talking about. And Paul talked about the cross and so Paul is remembering Calvary and Paul is revealing Calvary but Paul is also rejoicing about Calvary. As he said, God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if there's anything we ought to shout about, if there's anything we ought to praise God for, we ought to shout over the cross. Amen? I tell you, if there's anything that ought to thrill us and fill us, it ought to be Calvary. If the man of God preaches on Calvary every Sunday, it ought to be fresh and anew. It ought to fill our hearts with joy. We ought to never get over the old rugged cross. You see, my friend, the cross was God's answer to sin. Amen? And the cross, my friend, was the word 
world's answer to Christ, uh, but the cross uh, is the believer's answer to the world. Amen. Uh, I'll tell you, God had an answer for sin, and it was Calvary. Amen. The world had an answer for Christ that day, and it was crucify him, crucify him. But we as the children of God, we have an answer for this world, and the answer for this world is you don't have to die and go to hell. There is a cross, uh, and there is a Christ, uh, and he died on that cross, uh, but he didn't stay dead. Amen. He didn't stay on that cross, uh, but thank God he got up, and because he got up, sinner, you can get up. Amen. And hallelujah, one day, every blood-washed saint of God's gonna get up. Uh, I'm talking about, my friend, the praise. Uh, Calvary is uh, a place of praise. Isn't that right? You know, when you stand up to testify in church, you can testify about a lot of things. And I know God does different things in our life and we'll get up from time to time and we'll praise him for that and we ought to. But I just want to stop and say this. Uh, if you don't have anything else to talk about, you ought to talk about the greatest thing that ever happened in your life and that's the day you got saved, amen? Oh, Brother James Rowland, when he'd get up and testify, he'd say the same thing every time. He'd say March the 7th, 1961 and he'd tell that old story, wouldn't he, Brother Laddie, about when he got saved. And it didn't matter how many times he told it, God would touch him every time he told it again and again and again. You know why? Because the cross was the heartbeat of God. And if that's the heartbeat of God, it ought to be the heartbeat of every one of his children. Amen. Calvary ought to be the place of praise. It don't happen in this church much, if ever, and I thank God for that. But if you're a young Christian, hear me well tonight. Don't get up and talk about everything else and everybody else. Uh, get up and talk about Jesus, amen? Uh, say things that magnify the Lord. And, and that's what Paul is saying here. Uh, Paul is talking about Calvary. And I wanna give you three things tonight concerning Calvary, the place of praise. Uh, and here's what I want you to see about these three things in this verse tonight is that whenever we pray, praise the Christ of Calvary. It does three things in our life in this verse uh, when we do just what Paul is doing and that is praise the Christ of Calvary. Calvary, the place of praise. I want you to see first of all, the first thing it does when we praise uh, the Christ of Calvary is that it creates humility, amen? Look what Paul says here. He said, but God forbid that I should glory, amen? but God forbid that I should glory. Can I tell you tonight? Uh, listen, you and I have absolutely nothing to glory in. Amen. That ought to be preached in every church in this hour because we're living in a day of egotistic maniacs. Amen. I'm talking about people are so self-driven. They're so self-promoted in this hour. It's all about me and my and self. Uh, everybody's so self-centered. I know not everybody, but the majority of society it's all about myself. I'm gonna tell you something, being a Christian tonight, it's not about me. It's my friend about him and it's about others, amen? You remember that little old Sunday school song that said joy is Jesus first, yourself last and others in between, amen? And that's exactly what real joy is. When you put Jesus first and then you make life about others and you put self last, that's when you know real joy joy, but we're living in a time when people want to glory in themselves, amen. You know, in church, it, it's sickening anywhere, but I don't think it's more sickening anywhere more than in the house of God. Even in the pulpits, as preachers, we have to be careful that we don't talk about ourselves too much. Can I get a witness on that? Amen, we done took the offering up so y'all be happy, amen. 
You might be broke, but you got another week to work at it, amen? I'm just talking about, listen, uh, you know, we might as well. I mean, listen, you didn't come to hear me talk about myself. Now, I could tell you some things about me, but you know what? It wouldn't help you one bit, and there's nothing flashy, there's nothing fancy, there's nothing spectacular happening about my life. Uh, If I get up here and talk about me for 45 minutes, uh, it's just gonna bore a hole in you, amen? And listen, there's nothing worse than a Sunday school teacher or a preacher getting up and making the sermon about themselves, amen? And there's nothing worse than when a song, a singer gets up and makes it all about themselves, amen? I'm telling you, listen, we're living in a time when, listen, the the platform has become a stage. It's become a place of performance. I'm gonna tell you something, real Bible worship only puts a spotlight on one person and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. It takes the spotlight off of me, the spotlight off of you. It's not about us. Hallelujah. As men of God, we have to be careful, don't we, as preachers, that we just work in the ministry and and don't make the ministry about us. One day when I'm probably 98, 99 years old, I'll I'll probably resign the church and retire, amen. And whenever I do, I'll tell you what my prayer is, is that I will not, uh, uh, listen, uh, uh, to pastor a church and and listen, uh, made it in such a way that it's about the preacher, amen. Now listen, I appreciate people's support. I appreciate people's encouragement. And we all need that, don't we? Now don't, don't, listen, don't discourage me. Try to encourage me, amen. Don't get me wrong when I say that. Uh, but you know what? Everybody uh, likes for it to have a word of encouragement and I appreciate that tonight. But I'll tell you one of the reasons God blesses this church is because it's not about Brother Gravely. It's not about Brother Gravely's family. It's not about, listen, any preacher that comes through and preaches a meeting. Uh, it's not about any special church member. It's all about the Lord. Amen. And by the grace of God, we're gonna keep it that way. Can I get a witness on that? We don't wanna make the service about a personality. We want to make the service about him, amen. Spirit-filled men and women never, never want any recognition. Is that right? They never want to be in the forefront. In fact, I've noticed those that don't want it are usually the ones that are pushed out in it. And those that seek it and desire it never obtain what they really want. You know, having a a title in a church, I mentioned it last week, it just defines our responsibility, doesn't it? It's not a badge, it's not a trophy. If you're here tonight, and I don't think there is anyone like this, but if there is somebody here tonight, if the only reason you're holding a title in this church is because you like the title, then you ought to give it up. Somebody say amen. You know what a squatter is, don't you? Y'all know what a squatter is? That somebody sits on a title and won't do anything with it, amen? You say, what happens if somebody squats on it? We'll fire you. Somebody say, amen? I mean, if you're a Sunday school teacher and you're lazy and won't study, we're gonna get another Sunday school teacher. Well, you'd get another preacher to come on now. Don't y'all die on me. And so we'd get another Sunday school teacher, amen? If you're lazy and you're one of those people that, listen, you you don't wanna practice and sing and, and listen, you just wanna kind of wing it all the time, hey, don't practice on us, amen? 
go practice at the house. Somebody say amen right there. I'm just simply saying, uh, uh, listen, whatever we do, the Bible said, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. Ecclesiastes 10 and verse 9. The Bible said in Colossians 3 and verse 23 and 24, and whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. Amen. For knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of your inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. Uh, whatever we do, we ought to not do it for a pat on the back. We ought to not do it for recognition. We ought not do it for glorification. We ought to do it for the work of God. We ought to do it for the work of the ministry. And most of all, we ought to do it for the glory of the Lord. Amen. That's right. You can tell when people lack that in their life because they always get their feelings hurt. Well, so-and-so sang my song. Unless you wrote it, it's not yours. And if you did write it, if you didn't copyright it, we're going to sing the hound out of it anyway. Is that right? Nobody owns a song around here. Well, what if so-and-so sings it? Well, just let them both sing it. Amen. And uh, you say, well, well, you know, I, I, I taught that class and they hadn't nobody told me I've been doing a good job lately. Well, go ask the Lord and see what God says about it, amen? I'm just simply saying, don't you think, God, we don't have that drama in here? And I'm not preaching on it because it's here. If it's here, uh, then I might as well. But I'm preaching on it because I want to keep that flushed out the door, amen? We don't need that mess in the church. Uh, we don't need somebody getting up and singing and putting a show on, amen? We just having jubilee just a few years back uh, and uh, we had somebody come that come in to sing and they brought somebody with them and uh, I didn't know the individual and they sang with them and, and uh, you know they didn't they didn't know who we were let me just put it that way and I told the I told the group I said who is who have you got with you and they said well that's that's so and so I mean I was supposed to know who he was I said tell him to stop what he's doing on the platform because it's not a stage I said, tell him to stand still and sing. Amen. Is that right? Amen. Brother, I'm telling you, listen, if you want to go listen to that, I don't have a problem, but go down to, go down to the, uh, the Civic Center somewhere and, and pay $15 and, and watch them, and it's good, clean entertainment. I don't have no problem with that, but when it comes to church, amen, let's worship, amen. Uh, let's make it about the Lord. Let's sing them songs and let it all be about Him, amen. It doesn't need to be about us. Uh, and listen, uh, I, I'm just simply saying, I don't know how all that's in there, but it's in there somewhere. So God forbid I should glory, amen. We ought to not boast, we ought to not glory, we ought to not build ourselves up any whatsoever tonight. Humility. I've seen people come through our church and God in his mercy and grace, he gave them a chance, an opportunity. But they had to be number one and they never make it. Brother David, you sung that this morning. I thought number one would surely be me. And tonight, you know what we all are, this pastor included? We're just a zero, a big old zero with a hole knocked out of the middle of it. They ain't nothing good about any of us tonight. Our sister was testifying that a while ago. I tell you, we all have to raise our hand tonight and say we're just lumps of clay in the potter's hand. Anything good that's ever happened, I don't want to touch his glory. I don't want to try to put my hand on his crown. I, I tell you, if anything good happens, it's not because of me and it's not because of you. It's all because of him. God's been good to Bible Baptist Church. God's been good to your family. God's been good to me. But hey, I know where 
the acorns are falling at this, this evening. It's not by my strength. It's not by my own power. It's by his mercy. It's by his goodness. We ought all be dead and in hell somewhere. But God loved us and he's blessed us and he's been good to us. Hallelujah. I'll tell you, glory in the cross, it creates humility. Uh, we see our sin and we see ourselves and we see our shame, but thank God we see our substitute, amen? And it creates humility, but then secondly, notice this, it creates honor, amen? He said, but God forbid that I should glory. Now notice this, save in the cross, whose cross? Of our Lord Jesus Christ. When we praise Calvary, it not only creates humility because we see our sin and ourself and our shame, but we do see our substitute. And it causes, uh, it not only creates humility, but it creates honor, amen. Uh, we give honor to the only one place that we can glory, and that's in the cross. Uh, to the only, the, the one person that we can glory in, that's the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and can I tell you tonight, when we glorify and we praise Calvary, and we glorify God over Calvary, it creates honor, and it puts that honor in the rightful place. Uh, we honor Jesus Christ uh, because he took our sin debt, because he paid the penalty. Hey, I never want to get to the place uh, by the grace of God that I don't raise my hand and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for Calvary. Thank you for shedding your blood. Uh, thank you for loving me enough to give your son to die on the cross for my sins. That ought to be our hope and our honor tonight. And it's an unusual honor because Paul said, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. It's not just any cross, but it's the cross of our Savior. And when you think about that night tonight, praising Calvary and praising the cross to a Roman soldier would have been the most strangest thing. You know why that is? Because in our day and time, it would be like praising the electric chair. God forbid that I should glory save in the electric chair of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it was like. The world would hear Paul make a statement like that and say the man's mad. He, he's out of his mind. The, the cross is the most, uh, it's the most cruelest uh, way of suffering and, and punishment. Well, criminals died on the cross uh, and so the world would look at that like the world would look at the electric chair today. Uh, listen, because uh, uh, my friend, it would just seem strange. You know why that is? Uh, because the world has never viewed the cross uh, like a child of God views the cross. Uh, the world doesn't see the cross uh, as anything but 1 Corinthians 1 in verse 23 and 24 tells us uh, that all the wisdom and all the power of God uh, is centered in the cross of Christ uh, and can I tell you tonight if you want to see the wisdom and you want to see the power of God look at the cross amen look and live this morning uh, look and live tonight hallelujah I'll tell you if you'll look the Calvary he said look ye all ye ends of the earth and be your saved uh, I'm telling you it was when I looked at the cross uh, that I lived, hallelujah. Gives honor, doesn't it? An empty cross gives honor to what? A risen Savior. I'm glad I don't have a crucifix. There's no dead Jesus on that cross. He's alive this morning, here this evening. 
And I think about Calvary. It creates humility. It creates honor. I mentioned Brother Roland a while ago. Uh, my friend, he used to sing that old song. He'd stand up in a service when he'd get to feeling real good sometime. And he'd sing that song, Jesus, sign my part. And this I true, surely know. Amen. And he'd sing that old song. Uh, uh, well, Brother Roland wasn't no singer, you know. I mean, he wouldn't. Uh, he, he wouldn't. Listen, Mike Holcomb wouldn't have, have hired Brother Roland to come and sing uh, with the inspirations years ago. Uh, uh, but you know what? When he sung that song, I always felt the touch of God on it, amen, because he was singing out of his heart uh, and God blessed it. Jesus signed my part in it. Uh, I'm telling you, friend, listen, he had a song uh, that was coming from within and that's what the psalmist said. He said, he had put a new song in my mouth uh, that'll sing praise unto our God. Many shall see it in fear and shall trust in the Lord. Honor Christ. I wanna say, Calvary, the place of praise. When we, whenever we praise the Christ of Calvary, it creates humility, it creates honor. And then I want you to notice this in closing, it creates holiness. Paul said this, by whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. You know, Paul, at one time he loved the world. At one time Paul longed for the world. And Paul lived for the world. But now Paul says, I'm dead to the world. And the world is dead to me. I want to ask you a question tonight, child of God. Are you dead to this world? Is this world dead to you? I'll tell you, if you're, singing, if you're still singing those country songs and rock songs, you're not dead to this world. You ought to go home tonight and take a lighter. I used to say where I grew up, it was always called a cigarette lighter, but it's a lighter, Amen. You ought to go home and take a lighter and you ought to burn them things. Amen. If you're still dressing like the world and looking like the world, you don't have a wardrobe that's modest in its apparel. You ought to go home tonight and you ought to get you a new, uh, you ought to get you a new wardrobe, amen. You ought to throw away them old, you know, them things that, that reveal the flesh. And that's still good preaching on a Sunday night, amen. I'm telling you, young people don't ever dress like this world, amen. The world's crazy tonight. If one person in the world was to go shaving half of their head, it's, uh, listen, there'd be a thousand of them start doing it tonight. That's just how crazy the world is. Uh, don't you get wrapped up in this world. Listen, don't ever let the world make you feel like you're a second rate or second class person. Amen. If you're a child of the king tonight, you ought to hold your head high. You ought to be decent and, mod and modest in everything that you do. Uh, and you ought to not let the world uh, uh, dictate your fashion tonight. I'm telling you, listen, be dead to this world. Uh, don't follow the fads. Don't follow the fashions of this world. They're forever changing. They're forever trending. Uh, I'm telling you, listen, you live for God. Amen. You stand for God and you serve God. Uh, and when the world mocks you and makes fun of you, uh, uh, you say, I crucified myself to this world. I'm dead to this world a long time ago. Uh, and they, their opinion means nothing to me tonight. You gotta divorce yourself from public opinion. What they say and what they, I, I'm amazed in society how that whenever the world sets the standard, it doesn't amaze me how the world follows their standard, but it does amaze me how people in church sitting in church follow their standard. Do you know tonight if the world was to say everybody's hair needs to be dyed pink? I promise you this. I promise you. I firmly promise you that you'd go to church somewhere. I pray to God not here. Somebody come in with pink hair. 
caused the world. Now, if that makes you mad tonight, I'm not trying to make you mad, but I'm not apologizing about that. Don't get quiet. I mean, whatever the world says, does it not shock you? Social media has so enhanced that today. Be different. Any old dead fish can float down the river. And that's where the world's going, to the sea of wickedness, friend. You ought to, it takes something that's got life in it to swim upstream. Well, Brother Rick, you're just getting a little bit older. Thank God, amen? Because the world's getting crazier, friend. The nearer I get to home, the more happier I get, Amen. I'm not dead and in the graveyard, but I'll tell you, I feel for young people today, but I want to tell you something, young people, there was grace when I was a teenager, there'll be grace for you as a teenager, there's grace when I first got married, there'll be grace when you got first, when you first get married, there was grace when, I, when me and my wife was raising children, there'll be grace for you to raise children, you still raise a godly home in an ungodly day, Noah did it and you can do it, amen, you can still serve God in this hour, but you're going to have to look at the world and say you're dead to me and I'm dead to you. You're going to have to crucify the flesh tonight. Hey, listen, the Bible said without holiness no man shall see the Lord and we ought to live separated and we ought to live dedicated and we ought to be a holy people. We don't need to drop our standards and drop our convictions. We don't need to back up and cool down and we don't need to get silent, amen? We need to keep on preaching and we need to keep on saying amen to everything we've always said amen to. Is that right? I'm gonna tell you, I don't care what laws they pass, we're still preaching on sodomy, amen? It's wicked. It's an abomination. The Bible said that Asa drove the Sodomites out of the land. Hey, I'm telling you, God said it's an abomination. It's a sin before Almighty God. It's not an accepted lifestyle in the eyes of God for two girls to like each other or to kiss each other or two boys to like each other. Hey, that's wicked. That's unnatural affection. Hey, friend, that's sin. And God will judge every Sodomite. Amen. That's right. And there's surely coming a day when preachers will go to jail for preaching this. But I want to tell you tonight, God help our souls if we get quiet about it. They're marching in the streets. They're putting them in in offices. You know why? Because they're going to tighten the noose on every preacher and every Christian. And I think it's just as much sin to be silent about those issues as it is to accept them. Tonight, I'll tell you, listen, you ought to separate from this world. Young people are facing things today like never before. Pornography is sin. Somebody say amen. amen. Adultery is sin. Fornication is still sin. Hey, listen, those are heinous sin. It'll rob you of your purity. It'll wreck you of your home. I'm telling you, it'll take away every ounce of joy you got. And you need to come to church and hear a message on it every now and then. A man of God does need to roll up his sleeves and call it by name. Amen. Hey, listen, you got a wondering eye. You need to get on an altar because you got more than a wondering eye. You got a wondering heart. And you need to get on this altar and repent and say, Dear God, help me to keep my eyes in the book and in the right place. Help me to love the spouse you gave me. Hey, young person, you stay away from uh, from a cell phone and technology as long as you can. Uh, Don't expose yourself to that stuff. Uh, There's more sin on a cell phone uh, than what there is, my friend, uh, on the television in this hour, and that's saying a lot, amen. 
Brother, we just used to preach against television, but now we gotta preach against all kinds of devices and the devil has been working overtime. I'll tell you, listen, if you're an adult here and you're hooked on that, I'll tell you what I'd do. I'd get a hammer in one hand and a cell phone in the other and I'd go to work, friend, amen. You say, well, I can't function without it. You'd be better off trying to function without it than to lose everything God ever gave you. I'm just saying, hey, adultery is sin. I pray to God that no man and no woman in this church ever hooks up. Somebody say amen. That was somebody other than their spouse. I'm telling you, friend, it'll ruin your life. It'll rip a church apart. It'll make children bitter. I'm telling you, the scars of adultery run deep in a home and in a church. Amen. I fear that tonight, don't you? I don't just fear it in the pew. I fear it in the pulpit. You pray for me. If you don't pray for nobody else, please pray for me. I'm not out in no deep, dark, gross sin. God knows with a Bible in my hand tonight, I can say that with a clear conscience. I've never been unfaithful to my wife. And I don't plan on it. But I know the devil's real tonight. And I'll tell you, by the grace of God, do you know what I want to do tonight, Brother Caleb? I want to stay as close if God will help me. And I know he will. It's, it's, I'm the problem tonight. But I want to stay as close to that book and as close to God till I get home. Amen. I tell you, I don't want the reproach on me. I don't want to have to bear it the rest of my days. I don't want the shame and the, and the agony. And if you have and, and God has forgiven you, live in the grace of God. I, I'm not beating you up. Please understand that tonight. There is grace and thank God for that grace tonight. And you live in that grace. But if you don't, if you've never been there, anybody that has been there will tell you, don't cross that line. Don't go there. It's not what it looks like. It's not what the devil makes it out. I don't know why I'm preaching on it, but I know enough to know when if I am, God knows there's a reason and God knows there's a need. I'm telling you, you better keep it right and you better keep it tight and you better keep accountability in your life all the days of your life. I don't care if you're 85 years old. You better keep yourself accountable. Amen. It'll ruin you tonight. We need holiness in our churches, don't we? I just want to say this. It's in my heart to say it. Look at your life. Make sure that you're living as close to God as you can. Look at your home tonight. Do an evaluation. You know, sometimes we walk around the house and we, we look at things, don't we? We look at the, the flower beds, and or at least we ought to. Somebody say Amen. And we, we, we check things out on the outside of the house. And ladies go inside and you check out everything. You, you, you clean out cabinets, you clean out closets, you, you clean out areas that gets, that's been a long time since it's been touched and, and you, you organize it, you structure it and you, and you throw out things that, that you sometimes you think, how in the world did that even, have you ever done that? Anybody ever opened their closet besides me? I got, so, I got so little, I threw out a bunch of stuff a while back, opened my closet the other day, I didn't have anything in there and it felt so good. I only had enough clothes to get through Saturday, but it still felt good. I mean, I got rid of stuff that she don't even know about. Stuff that I really probably needed. But I just got tired of opening and looking. I thought, you know, I'm, I'm not going to use that. I've not been wearing that. I can't fit in that, so... If you, had, if you haven't fitted in it in six months, get rid of it. Quit wishing. 
If you ain't done nothing about it by now, you might as well give that to goodwill. You say, well, preacher, if I, if, I, if I get rid of it, I'll start losing weight. That's a good thing. But I got rid of a whole bunch of stuff. And, uh, and I don't know why, but I was thinking, Brother Laddie, you know, if I die, it's less they got to get rid of. Amen. I don't want to die. I'm not planning on dying. But I don't want to die one day being one of these people that my wife and kids have got to spend six months throwing stuff away. I just get rid of it all now while I'm living. Amen. But you know, we clean things out, don't we? We get rid of stuff and it, it feels better when it's gone. I'm going to tell you tonight, that's what we need to do in our lives. I don't care. I don't care what some of these, and I'm not going to call their names because they, they want you to. But I don't care what some of these that have got podcasts and broadcasts and what they say out there. I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. You can't never get away from separation and holiness. We're not sinless and we're not perfect. I don't, I've never been a day in my Christian life I thought I was better than anybody else. Not one day. And I never thought one standard in my life made me a better Christian than somebody else. And I don't think most of you ever thought that neither. And they like to say that about us, don't they? Because we don't dress a certain way. Because we have convictions that we stand on without apology. They, they want to act like we don't love sinners. I don't know a church in this county that loves sinners any more than this church. I'm telling you, if a sinner walked in that door tonight, they wouldn't have one of us care how, what they look like, would they? We'd be so glad they're here. If you're here and you're lost, I want you to know, we don't, I wouldn't care if they had, I don't care if a man walked in here and he had hair halfway down his back tonight, would you? I'd be glad he's in the house of God. I pray you get saved. And I know, and if you got saved, hallelujah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take him to the foyer and talk to him about his ponytail. But I know if he got born again, give him six months. It'll get cut off. I was preaching, it's been several years ago, a youth meeting out behind the back of a church one night. Uh, we was there and this uh, gentleman that asked me to come to this youth meeting, uh, his, uh, his brother got saved. He had a ponytail. I mean, he had three notches in that ponytail. He got saved and, and born again. And I'll tell you, God saved him. And I saw about three, it was about probably three or four weeks later, we was at another church and, and here he come in with his brother and they sat down on the front row. He's halfway in the service for I even realized that was the same person. I mean, God saved him. He'd cut that ponytail off and after service, I said, man, I said, you look different. He turned around. He said, it's gone, isn't it? Amen. I said, I didn't say a word to him about that ponytail. I said, what, what made you cut it? He said, I'll tell you. He said, I had this thing forever. It took me forever to grow that thing out. But he said, after I got saved, he said, something just kept telling me you need to go get a haircut. Amen. i tell you who that something was. is the Holy Ghost. Amen. And the same Holy Ghost that told him when he got saved, he still talks to us all these years later after we've got saved and been saved. I tell you, if there's something in your life that you've let come in, clean it out, get rid of it. God will bless you. If you'll praise the Christ of Calvary, it'll create holiness in your life, amen. And I think that's what keeps us from being a Pharisee tonight. Don't, listen, I really feel compelled to, man, I'm wanting to quit. I feel so compelled to say this. Look up here at me tonight. Don't you let somebody that goes to a liberal church and you can love them. I've got friends tonight that go to a liberal church. But we are not on the same page. 
And we're friends because we're, 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 we're of the same family. But I'll tell you, by the grace of God, I'm not going to let them talk to me and sway me or make me feel bad about the way I believe tonight. And neither should you. You watch people when they start drifting, they start talking. You can tell when they're drifting by the way they're talking. I know it tonight to be true. I had a pastor one time, my, one of my pastors. I highly respected and looked up to, and I still love him today. I'd do anything you needed. But he started talking to me one day. He said, I started, I, you know, I, I, I was too hard. I was too rough for too long. I started changing. He said, there's some things I'm changing on. And, and I'm going to tell you, well, them radars went up. Out of respect, I listened to what he had to say. I said, you're going the wrong way. I said, that's how, that's how you, the way you're talking is what you taught me. And he had a different excuse. But I'll tell you what, I left. I didn't say nothing else, but I made my mind up. I'm not going that way. I don't care what they say. I'm not being a smart aleck about it tonight. Please understand me. I'm not changing. I hope tonight you feel that same way. One of your children go astray and they go to a liberal church. Love them. Eat Thanksgiving with them. Have Christmas with them. Be a family. Don't you let them change you. Don't you let some friend talk. That's not a friend anyway that would talk in your ear and start trying to get you to sway you to go a different way. I, I just, You know, that wasn't even in the message, but I'll tell you, the Holy Spirit is driving that in somebody's heart tonight. As sure as I'm standing here behind this pulpit, I know as sure as I know my name tonight, I know there's somebody sitting here and you're struggling with that tonight. What you need to do is love your friends from a distance. Amen. And what you need to do is, is turn around and look at the people that God has put in your life that has been consistent Christians and that has not wavered and has not changed. Those are the people you need to respect and you need to follow. Do not let someone talk you going down the wrong road. Yeah? And I don't even think it's just this crowd I'm preaching to. I think there's some adults tonight. If you're not careful, I'm going to tell you, if you're not careful, you'll let a son, a daughter, a friend, a church member you used to go to church with, you'll let something you see, something. You know, if social media tonight was a hindrance to you, then get rid of it. If you're one of those people tonight that you can't handle what you're seeing and what people's saying, please get rid of it tonight. It's not worth it. Live a holy life.